0: All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host Jeff Hartman. This is your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network as a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you for joining me. It feels good to be back to something that's a little bit normal. These Saturday games—they threw me off two weeks in a row. The holidays, which were fantastic, I'm still kind of on the menu. You might hear my voice is a little strained. Uh, it's that drainage stuff, you know, real sinus crap, coughing sometimes. So hopefully we're we'll going to get through this. But nonetheless, I look at this podcast as a get back to normalcy type thing. You know, a regular Wednesday podcast where Mike Tomlin spoke to the media on Tuesday. We've got the DefCon levels coming up. We've got my thoughts on the team and how we're discussing the wrong stuff, in my opinion, when it comes to the Steelers second half. Wednesday, you know what it is? It is time. For the mailbag segment. But before we get into any of those details and all the stuff talking about, we got to do the Victory Monday t-shirt giveaway. For those of you that pay attention to social media over the holidays, which I guess maybe it's a good thing that a lot of people didn't do this. uh, Hey, we still did the Victory Monday giveaway, put it out on the Steel Curtain Network's Twitter feed. I retweeted it myself didn't have as many people get into this. I think it's just because of the holiday craziness. And sometimes you just don't see it show up on your feed, but you know what I do? I go to the repost, double check everything. I give it to one of my kids Say, Hey, pick one. They scroll through. They stop. They tell me when to stop. They stop it, whatever Thomas Thomas. I think it's Zahler. Z-A-H-L-E-R. Congratulations, man. You are the winner of the free shirt giveaway. You can expect a message from that Steel Curtain Network Twitter feed. That'll be for me. And I'll get your information, email address, and we'll make sure you get that free swag. If you're interested on in how you can get some shirts, sweatshirts, even three-quarter length t-shirts, you can do so by going to my Twitter feed at J H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You will see a pin post at the very top of my feed, in which case that is the shirt for the Let's Ride t-shirt, the Ride or Die Crew shirt, go there. You can see the link. Click on that. It'll take you to our store. You can get all the new shirts that are out, and you can order them. Go check them out. Get some for the Steeler fan in your life. Even though the holidays are over, it's never a bad time for a gift. So congratulations on giving away that swag. Let's start off with some news, like we always do. Of course, we're going to talk injuries, because Mike Tomlin spoke. Alandon Roberts with his pectoral injury is listed as out. However, good news was that Mike Tomlin said that Atlanta Roberts could potentially be back for the week 18 game in Baltimore against the Ravens. So that means that in terms of the severity of the injury, this is probably best case scenario. you, know, you think about it, if this is best case scenario. What happened to TJ Watt would be like the great in between worst case scenario, ruptured pectoral muscle has to be surgically attached. That's a long, long journey back, but no, Atlanta Roberts is pretty good news, but he's out this week. Uh, Trenton Thompson and of Fitzpatrick. Trenton Thompson's still coming back from a stinger. Those who don't know, that's when you did normally get hit in the side of the neck area. It's nerves that run down your arm. It can make your arm feel like it's going numb. It's labeled typically as a neck injury. It can be really painful. Uh, he missed all last week because of it. So uh, he's going to be back in a limited basis. That's what Mike Tomlin said. And Makeup Fitzpatrick with his knee. We're not sure what that knee injury was, but he also was said to be possibly limited coming back. Now, what everyone wanted to hear, they wanted to hear Mike Tomlin talk about the quarterbacks. They wanted to hear Mike Tomlin's take on the quarterback situation. So what did they do? What's he going to do? They, they peppered him with questions. The media did. He said, look, right now we're taking this week the same way we did last week. It's kind of what I predicted. He's basically saying Mason Rudolph is our starter, but we're going to see how Kenny Pickett looks throughout the week. He might know deep down that Mason's going to play no matter what. He may know deep down that Kenny Pickett's going to play and that he's healthy enough to play, but he doesn't want to show his cards to the Seattle Seahawks. Keep this element of surprise as long as you can in a world in the NFL where there's not much surprise anymore. So, he basically said that Kenny, same as last week, they want to see how he's doing. He was asked about Kenny Pickett's ankle, and he said, look, you got to understand that while what we saw was maybe positive, it wasn't good enough, he said, or else we would have had him active on game day, but he was inactive. That's important to note. And I said this, I I believe on Monday, that if Kenny Pickett was healthy enough to potentially play, well, he would have had a helmet and been in uniform. And they could have said he's just going to be there for emergency purposes. Something happens to Mitch and Mason, that's when he would come in. But they didn't. So that's important to note. So we'll see how this week goes. A lot of people read into these comments. I didn't see them as anything really of note. I felt like it was very much what I expected. Uh, Some people that were expecting him to say something different. Maybe you just haven't been paying attention to how Mike Tomlin does press conferences since 2000. Let's get into the crux of this podcast here. Everyone is talking about the quarterbacks. You've got the Kenny Pickett defenders saying that Mason Rudolph didn't do anything special. that. Kenny Pickett in his time without Matt Canada was having a great game against Cincinnati and having a great game against Arizona before he got hurt. And then you've got the Kenny Pickett haters that say Mason Rudolph is better all around and he should be the starter moving forward throughout this rest of this season and maybe into next season. It's exhausting. It is exhausting listening to this debate. And so I was thinking about this because I was going to chime in on the debate myself and I thought, I don't even know if that's appropriate. Because the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I think we're talking about the wrong stuff. To me, the difference for the Steelers in terms of wins and losses, it's not Rudolph or Pickett. It's something entirely different. And in fact, I'm going to go out and say, like, I'm not even going to talk about really the quarterback situation. I'm just going to talk about what I think is what we should be talking about. And it's not the quarterback debate. Everyone's infatuated with the quarterback debate. Rightfully so, I understand. But for me, they're missing the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is it's not Rudolph versus Pickett. It's about what has always been the driving force for this team, the defense. It's about the defense. And so you want to take it a step further. I think it's about takeaways. It's about not turning it over, to be more specific, and taking the ball away. So could this eventually bleed itself into quarterback play? Absolutely it could. It absolutely could, even though there's more than one way to turn the ball over. You could look at Najee Harris's fumble in Indianapolis to start the third quarter. You can look at Jalen Warren's fumble against, uh, I believe that was, I think it was Cincinnati. And so it was in Cincinnati. So you have all these situations that happen that it doesn't always relate to quarterback play. But the one thing you cannot ignore about this football team is how important it is for them to be able to take the ball away. So I went back. And I looked at turnover differential. For those that don't know what that means, let me explain it for you. If you don't turn the ball over, that's a zero, but you take it away twice, let's say two interceptions, you finish plus two in turnover differential. Likewise, if you turn it over twice and don't get the ball back, that's a minus two. You want to be on the plus side of this thing. So I was taking a look because the team now, after their performance against Cincinnati, They didn't turn it over, and they had three takeaways. They are now plus 10 in differential for the season, and that's tied for first. There's three teams at plus. The Steelers are one of them. So I went back and I looked at, okay, takeaways, the the turnover differential in, in the wins that they've had this season. There's been eight of them. So against Cleveland, they were plus two. Las Vegas Raiders, plus three. The Baltimore Ravens, plus two. The Los Angeles Rams, plus one. The Tennessee Titans, plus one. Green Bay Packers, plus two. Cincinnati Bengals on the road, even. And then the Cincinnati Bengals at Accresure Stadium, plus three. They have not won a game this season when they have had a negative turnover differential. Now let's look at the losses. San Francisco, Minus one. Houston, minus one. Jacksonville, they actually finished plus one in the differential, still lost. Cleveland, minus one. Arizona, minus one. New England, nothing. They is even one to one. They lose. Indianapolis, they finish minus three, and they lose. So when I look at this, it just illustrates to me how vitally important it is for the Steelers' defense to be effective. When I say be effective, it starts with the pass rush. That's what this team is built on. Cameron Hayward, they pay Larry Ogunjobi so much money. They invest a second-round draft pick in Keanu Benton. Alex Highsmith gets a big-time contract this past offseason. TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. That means that that's where they have put their money. They need those players to win up front. And when they win up front, they typically wreak havoc. So what does that look like in the back end? Look at what Jake Browning did on Saturday. Aaron throws, forced throws, bad throws, and they take advantage of the mistakes. When those players up front aren't winning, that's typically when the differential starts to go the wrong way. Now, again, quarterback play does play into this. So in week one, it was Kenny Pickett at the helm. Houston. Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky played in that game against Cleveland where they were minus in the differential. That was Kenny Pickett. Arizona was Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. New England was Mitch Trubisky. Indianapolis was Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph in cleanup time, which meant really nothing. So quarterback play does matter. It absolutely matters. So my parents are in town right now as we record this. And I was talking to my dad about some of these stats and he said, well, I see what you're saying. But at the same time, like quarterback play, yeah, it matters. In which case, I said, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that like, if Kenny Pickett plays, the one thing you kind of know for sure is that he's not going to make that mistake. In which case, my father responds with, yes, he's not going to make the mistakes, but is he going to take the shots down the field like Mason Rudolph has? It's a good point. It's a very good point. So don't get what I'm saying twisted here. I'm not suggesting that quarterback play doesn't matter. It absolutely does. But I think from a, a holistic perspective, we have to look at this team and say that it's more than just the quarterback. It's the defense taking possessions away from the opponent and giving extra possessions to an offense that has struggled all season to put points on the board. Just because they put up 34-1 game against a really pretty, a pretty bad defense in Cincinnati doesn't mean that everything is fixed. That everything's fine, the data the the data shows. I can't believe I said that. Dave Schofield would be proud, but the statistics show when the Steelers take the ball away, that's when they win games. That's when they win games. It's it's how they help the the, the offense that might be struggling from time to time. Seattle is going to be a tough place to play. It always has been. It always will. It's a difficult place to play if you can take the ball away. Whether it's Drew Lock or Geno Smith doesn't matter. If you can take the ball away. Give those extra possessions on the road to your offense. That's your best course of action to finding a way to win and keeping your season alive. So while everyone wants to debate quarterback this, that, or the other, I think it comes down to don't turn it over and take it away because what we've learned this season is that indicates victory or losses more than anything else. Take it for what it's worth. I thought to go a little outside the box and not talk all about the quarterbacks and thinking a little bit differently. Let's update our DEFCON levels before we take a break here. These might surprise some of you people. DEFCON levels for quarterbacks. Remember, the lower the number, the bad. Five is good. The best there could be. One, it's horrible. Things are going off the rails quickly. Quarterback goes up one to a two. You might think that uh, Jeff's going to go with a three. No, I'm sorry, but Mason Rudolph throwing a slant and letting George Pickens run with the ball, yes, that's a good throw. Yes, that's what a quarterback should do. No, that's not enough for me to elevate the quarterback to a three. I did like the throw down the sideline. There were some throws that I think Mason Rudolph wants back. He'll, hopefully he gets the rust off and, and he improves his play, but I have a quarterback going up one to a two. Running backs, they stay at a two. Wide receivers and tight ends, they go up to a three. George Pickens goes off. Whether you like the fact that he played or not, doesn't matter. He goes up to a three. The offensive line, they stay at a two. I just haven't seen enough consistency with that group. The running game looked better, but I still want to see more. They're staying at a two. Let's go to defense. The defensive backs, they stay at a two. Joey Porter Jr., still getting handsy, still drawing flags. And with the safety issue the way it is, Patrick Peterson playing safety full-time, that means we get a lot of Levi Wallace, so that's tough. The inside linebackers, they go up one to a two. Just love the the guys. Just Everyone's just trying to do the best that they can. They, you know, Miles Jack, you got Michael Walker out there, Bark Robinson. It's like uh, glue and duct tape trying to keep this thing together. We'll see. Outside linebackers stayed at a three. Highsmith had a good game with an interception and a sack. TJ Watt had a sack. They're doing their jobs. They're a three. Defensive line stays at a two. And let's go to special teams. I could knock the special teams down, but I don't want to. Chris Boswell made a 50-yarder, and Presley Harvin had a hell of a hold on that 50-yard field goal. But Presley Harvin's just—it's just dragging this unit down. It's dragging them down. Just very inconsistent. Chris Boswell remains very consistent, so they stayed at a two. The fan DEFCON level—they actually goes up one. They were at one. I told everyone to guard the bridges. It goes up one. It goes up one to two. So there you have it. The DEFCON levels for this week. We'll see if it continues on the rise. Or if it falls back down to earth next week. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive headfirst into the mailbag segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steelers fans, welcome back. It is time for another Mailbag segment. In case you don't know how this works, you might be new to the show. I put out a tweet every Tuesday morning. You see the tweet, you respond with your question, and I will answer it live on the air. Use an Anchorman gif this week. We'll see how that plays out. Nonetheless, let's get this started with Chris Turney. He's asked the Bengals, 0-5 in the division, Steelers 4-1 and 1 in the division. They have the same record at 8-7. and 7. Are division games as important as they used to be? And has the 17th game made a difference in that importance? So for me, I think that it does still matter. A lot of it is based on your division record does play a factor in tiebreakers. Your conference record plays a record in tiebreakers. But it's not like a division win is somehow two wins or a win and a half. Uh, Yeah, you want to win your division games. But yeah, I hope that makes sense. So in terms of tiebreakers, it does matter. So when you see these teams that are 8-7, and seven, there's a reason why the Steelers are above the Bengals in the AFC playoff picture right now. It's because of their conference record, which is the AFC North as part of that conference, so keep that in mind. Jeff Koons, you knew I'd have to ask a punning question this week, right? Perfecting a pun is consistency of its process. Repetition of motion. Apart from holding extra points and field goals, this is all they have to do. Has Big Press eclipsed Weasel Boy on your frustration meter? I'm going to be honest. This might have started with Mitch Berger and gone on. It might have been Daniel Sepulveda, the, the early Brad Wing. Um, some of the other bad punters the Steelers have had in the last decade plus. And it, I, I feel like anymore when I watch the Steelers punt, I never expect anything positive to happen. I've numbed myself so much because I expect the shank. I expect them to shank the ball. I expect it to be a dud. I expect a kick from midfield to be fair caught at the 20. Like this is where I am now. So no, it's about the same. It's just inconsistent. And yeah, frustration meter, it's high. It's high. Believers asks, I have the same question as everyone else about Pickett starting over Mason, and I'm sure you'll cover it in the first half of the show, so I'll ask another. Do you think coach Tomlin is tr- in t- coach Tomlin's treatment of wide receivers might be related to the fact His kid plays the position. Okay, let's start off with the second one. I've never thought about this. I've never thought about the fact that his son Dino Tomlin is a wide receiver at, I don't know where he is now. Is he at Boston College, I think? I don't know. And he played wide receiver in college too. He went to William & Mary. So he has a little bit of personal experience there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a really good question. I'd have to really think about that. And I think that, The first part you said, I think everyone has a question about Pickett starting over Mason. We'll see how it goes. My prediction is, and I told my dad this (laughs) as I was getting my notes together, I said, my prediction is Mason goes out against Seattle. Struggles a little bit. They put in Kenny, because Kenny's healthy enough to dress this week. They put in Kenny. Kenny leads the Steelers to a win, and everything's ready to implode. (laughs) The Kenny Pickett haters are furious. The Mason Rudolph supporters are furious and everyone is furious, even though they win for me, as long as they win, I don't care. Another one from Chris Turney. Here's another one. The Ravens get the number one seed next week. Do you think they will play backups when they have a bye week? Two weeks in a row off. Doesn't seem like a hardball decision. I think he'll be smart with who he would choose to rest for two weeks. Give you an example. Odell Beckham jr. I would not expect to see him play in week 18 if they know they have a first round buy in the playoffs. However, with like Lamar Jackson, you have to weigh like the risk reward here. Do you want to give your quarterback two weeks off? Probably not. Do you want TJ Watt bearing down in your quarterback? If there's an RPO call, probably not. So that's going to be interesting. That's going to be really interesting. And the, the Miami, uh, the the game between the uh, see I'm trying to think I think it's Miami and Baltimore yeah it's in Baltimore that's going to be a great game it's going to be a lot on the line in that game so that's going to be fun to watch but we'll see how that plays out Anton Chars is not a question during the post game show you all said Rudolph didn't scramble in the past the way he did on that third down conversion Saturday yet I vividly remember the Detroit COVID start featuring a very similar shoulder lowering run I think Mason's running style is I think Mason's running style is I shouldn't have to do this, but if I do, I damn well do it right. So I remember this run, Anton, and I don't know if I was the one that said he he doesn't run. He's not a runner, is probably what we meant to say. But no, he's not a guy that's going to tuck and run all the time. Mitch Trubisky is a, it's not there, tuck it, run. Kenny Pickett, it's not there, try to escape pressure and run. Mason Rudolph is, I'm going to stand in the pocket, stand in the pocket. Okay. Now I have to move in the pocket. And if it's not there, then I'm going to run. And yeah, he had, I believe the longest run of the year that year was that run against the lions. And he trucked a dude at the end. You were right. I remember that run vividly because we all said, wow, like that's a quarterback. Like that's a quarterback. He's a big dude though. Mason Rudolph's not a small guy. I hope y'all realize that blue steel said, did you get anything steel orific for Christmas? My mom started the tradition in 2004 and my wife kept it going after she passed of giving me these Danbury mint Steeler ornaments. That's awesome. And he gave a picture. It just uh, I guess it's a Santa Claus on a boat. That's pretty cool. Like on a speedboat, a Steeler speedboat. I, I did not get anything Steeler yet. Um, to be honest with you, I have so much stuff, stuff that's been given me from companies, from people. Uh, I, I don't really wear jerseys anymore. So like a lot of that stuff, like, you know, I just don't ask for it. But uh, no, I didn't get anything Steelers related this year. And that's okay. There's there's not a problem with that. My kids got a lot of Steelers stuff. They really got some Steelers stuff this year, which was pretty cool to see. Okay, uh, Brian Katz, Bagels and Bong ribs. After last week where I felt hopeless, I realized all I needed to enjoy the Steelers is possibility. Going into a season or an individual game with the possibility of playing well is all I need. How similar or different is this perspective than yours? You know, you just want to see some product that is positive. You want to see something, so even if the Steelers' offense sucked, but the defense was suffocating, that would be something. Think back to those early two thousands. There were those games where the Steelers and Ravens would play each other. It would be a bloodbath, and the final score would be nine to six or thirteen to seven. And you know what? No one complained. Yeah, you would say, "Man, I wish the offense was a little bit better," because the but the defense was just so freaking good. There were times this year where nothing is good. So, yeah, I agree with you that sometimes having something that is positive is better than nothing. And so we saw a little glimmer of hope. Let's see if they can build upon it. Tony Larrick says, what does Coach Tomlin do if Mason's plays lights out again moving forward and has his best year? So if he plays great against Seattle, let's say he duplicates his performance, the Steelers win, and it looks really different with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I think he's got he's to gotta start him going into Baltimore. And he has to say, like, I I can't make the decision. I can't change my decision. I got to stick with it. And I think the Steelers, if he's playing that well, they have to consider bringing him back next season as a potential QB2, which brings us to Nathan Van Slyke's question. Mason Rudolph brought us a great gift with with a win for Christmas. Would you bring him back as QB2 for next season, or would you let him walk? For me, I say that I I would, If I think Mitch Trubisky's gone. I really do. Yeah, they signed him to the extension that was for salary cap purposes. They'll have to eat some of that contract fine. Cut him. Save yourself some space, ultimately. Offer Mason Rudolph a fair backup quarterback uh, pay. He'd probably take it, and he might look at it as an opportunity to continue to start or to play based on Kenny Pickett's injury history and sometimes his ineffectiveness. And if the Steelers were smart and he finishes the year really strong, they might say that Mason Rudolph might, maybe it's a competition. We'll see. I'm not against it. Corey Ekinrod asked, there was a report circulating about interest from teams about trading for Tomlin. There's also one about extending him. Tell me what ends up happening, Jeff Radomis. Personally, I could, I could see the rumor of him going to Washington. His Virginia roots make that make that sense. He grew up a Redskins fan. He talks about how the only time he was kind of starstruck in the NFL was when he met Joe Gibbs, that he played against uh, Joe Gibbs' Redskins team, I think in the preseason. And he shook his hand he was like, oh my gosh, this is Joe Gibbs. Like He grew up watching him coach the Redskins. And I I could see that Mike Tomlin might have interest, but I don't think that if he's going to leave, it's going to be via trade. I think that if anything, he's just going to walk away and then maybe take the Sean Payton route, which is I'm going to walk away, maybe take a year or two off, and then if I want to come back, I will. I think he wants to stay. Everything that I've heard from within the organization is that he wants to stay, and that now that the Steelers want to keep him, it's just a matter of can they get a deal done. My prediction is that they're going to sign a two-year contract extension right when the season ends, and he's going to be locked up for the next three years because 24 is the last year of his current contract, so he'll be under contract for 25 and 26. Michael Bell asks, is it possible that Rudolph's success was based around a dreadful Bengals defense? It could be. Everyone wants to ride the hot hand, but are failing to to factor in that Kenny had this team at seven and four before getting injured against the Cardinals. You're right. They, They were winning with Kenny Pickett when he was healthy. I understand that. You can't watch the game though on Saturday and say that it didn't look different. It, that, that it was, you can't look at it and say, "Yeah, that's about the same." You know, go back to the game against Cincinnati, Mason or something. Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett's first start in the non-MacHenned offense. They put up over 400 yards of offense, but 16 points. Like, that's what it comes down to. So, yeah, that's what I think. Steelers fan 69. He gave us some some jokes. He said, "Hey Jeff, speaking of Rudolph, Viking warrior Rudolph the Red and his wife were on a stroll." Rudolph the red looked up at the sky and said, we should hurry up. There is a storm coming. So his wife asked, how do you know? And he replied, Rudolph the red knows rain, dear. Very good. And he gave another one too. He said, at the age of 65, my grandma started walking 10 miles a day. She's 92 now and we have no idea where she is. And the last one, I just swapped our bed for a trampoline. Boy, did my wife hit the roof. Very good, man. Always, always adding some humor to the mailbag. I'm not against it. Love it. And I always have these dad jokes for my kids every week, which is good. All right, Will Caldwell said, Which former Steeler do you want to see get attacked more this week, Artie Burns or Devin Bush? Personally, I have no issue with Artie Burns. Like, none. The dude came in as a first-round pick, probably shouldn't have been a first-round pick, never complained, never did anything wrong. Never said anything poor, bad, whatever, social media, none of it. Never did anything wrong. And then he gets, he goes to, I think, Chicago, and now he is in Seattle. Meanwhile, I look at our Devin Bush, the way that he handled himself off the field and stuff. So in that regard, I have nothing but respect for Artie Burns. It didn't work out in Pittsburgh. Devin Bush attacked the hell out of him. He's not going to see the field anyways, but if I had to pick one, Devin Bush. Steelers dad says, when did the Steelers become such a fickle fan base? Has it always been this way? And there wasn't social media to amplify it or does social media amplify and bring influence to a small percentage of Steelers fans. I think it's both. I think it always existed, but it was relegated to like what people said at bars. These guys suck. Oh, put this guy in. He'd be better. You know, that stuff. People now have a place to say that where others that aren't just in their relative, Vicinity can actually hear them. And so I think that even the small percentage of fans that sometimes don't know what the hell they're talking about, people that say, I watch film, just because you watch film doesn't mean you know what you're seeing. Just because you pay for the NFL Plus premium and you can watch the all 22 film doesn't mean you know everything that you're seeing. To give you an example, I'm not one of those guys. If you hear me on this podcast ever, and I'm not interviewing like KT Smith, that does know what he's talking about. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, they were starting out in a cover one look, and then they did what did this hybrid cover for? I don't know that stuff, folks. not going to lie to you ever. That's not my MO. But there are those people that still pretend, and that's what social media does. Ann Smith said, before the season, or maybe even last year, I remember you saying that you thought the rebuild was about two years away before we were contenders again. Based on where we are now, do you still think two years? If not, how long do you think before we're contenders again? This is a great question. And one that I'm definitely going to dive into whenever the season ends. I said two to three years, and this was after Ben Roethlisberger retired. So next year, we we'll be going into that third year. I do think that the rebuild has regressed slightly this year. And a lot of that is based on quarterback play. But the more I think about it, the more I can also see how a really good draft class can change things pretty quick. We saw that in 2023. You look at this group, Joey Porter Jr., Broderick Jones, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig. I mean, those, those four guys alone, throwing Corey Trace, which we're not sure what he's going to bring yet, if anything, but still, there, there's a lot of hope there with that young core group. So it could change quickly. We'll see. Take a look at it. See how the season finishes. Tendercat, when you saw the news of the Steelers probably resigning Tomlin, what was your first reaction? My first reaction was, I'm not shocked. Not shocked at all. Next, he said, I'm so frustrated that this organization stays stagnant. What they do, it's actually comical. Yeah, I I wasn't shocked. Whether I think he needs to go or not, your question was, what was my reaction? And it was that, to me, this this was predictable. It was predictable. Brian Haynes asked, would you be more upset if everything around us happens to everyone, everything around us to get into the playoffs and we trip up or we went out and something doesn't fall and we miss it. Okay. So here's what he's saying. Would I rather everything that needs to happen, happen and the Steelers lose, or they went out and they don't get in because all the other stuff doesn't happen. I'd rather the Steelers went out. I really would because I'd, would rather them because if they went out, they finished 10 and seven finished the year on a, on a strong note. And yeah, for the second straight year, it would be a a, a game of what ifs, man, what if we didn't lose to Arizona, and new England two two win teams in a five day span? Like that's, what's going to turn into, but we'll see. I'm not going to go down that road too quick. James asks, squeezing one last holiday question in here. What will be your new year's resolution? What is one you think should be the Steelers? My new year's resolution is for the Steelers, right? I, are you asking me personally, or I guess we'll just say the Steelers. Let's focus on that. Um, my New year's resolution for the Steelers, and it for me will be to just try to keep my my content about the Steelers as level headed as possible. It doesn't mean that commentary doesn't exist. It just means I just want to keep it as level headed as possible. That's my goal. What should it be for the Steelers? Continue to build. Continue to build from the inside out. That's what they got to focus on. Leo. Asked, what will Tomlin allow Rudolph Rudolph to start next game? I think he will, unless they know something or change something between now and then. Brandon Diaz asked several, will the Steelers extend Tomlin this offseason as some report? I think they will. Next, if we make the playoffs, do you like our chances to win a game? Anything can happen with this defense as opportunistic as they can be. I think it's possible. Will George Pickens continue to have a massive impact like last game if Kenny Pickett is a quarterback? If the quarterback throws him the ball, he will. And then which team around the NFL has shocked you, both in a good way and a bad way? So I'll say that in a good way, meaning that they're winning, one team that shocked me was Detroit. I never saw them winning 11 games, but I knew they were going to be a good team. In a bad way, I'm shocked the Kansas City Chiefs are, the, are as bad as they are right now. Now, I watched that game on Christmas Day against the Raiders. They looked rough. Talk about that a lot in... Uh, the NFL shows like my show with Coach KT Smith that came out this morning at seven o'clock. Check it out. The NFL Whip Around. Go to FFSN NFL wherever you get your podcast. You'll also be able to check out my uh, fans first football show with Rob Stats Guerrero. We talk about all that NFL stuff. Check it out, Brandon. And then lastly, Justin Mitchell says, genuinely, how do you want to see the season end? Win football games. Win football games. We are at the stage where the Steelers are gonna win, they're gonna be in that limbo period, folks even if they lost their last two games a an 8 in uh 8 and 9 record is not going to change their draft position that drastically it's not so win as many games as you can that's my opinion win as many games as you can this isn't a four win team that's trying to lose a couple more to get that top 5 pick no they're going to be middle they're going to be in the middle of the pack like they always are so try to win as many games as you can all right folks that does it for me on Friday, hopefully we we'll have a behind enemy lines segment. And Jeremy Jerome Betts will join me for another all bets are off segment. That does it. Hope you all have a great great rest of your week. Happy hump day. We'll see you on Friday. You know I finish these out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. See you on Friday. Good deal. see you.